Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to another great episode of Straight Talk with Joe. I'm your host, Joe DeTellis. Um Before we get into it, just want to introduce our wonderful co-host, Mr. Keith Ellaby. What's going on, world? How y'all doing, brothers and sisters in the Lord? Joining us momentarily is Miss Monique Calderon. Hi, well, she everybody. She's she, 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 she right actually here. on. <laughs> Hi guys, sorry I'm calling remotely because I'm I'm running around, but I wanted to make sure that I was on with you guys. Amen. 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 Well, we're glad to have you on in any capacity we can, Miss Monique. Um, it's always a blessing to have everyone uh, on the show um, so we can uh, grow and learn and um, just feed off of each other when it comes to the Word of God. Um, before we get into tonight's show, I just want to say a quick prayer, um, you know, to allow the Holy Spirit to use us and also use our callers to uh, grow and thrive in the Word of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again, Lord, for this opportunity. We thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, the many blessings that you've bestowed upon us. We thank you, Lord, for giving us this opportunity. Uh, Lord, we we also want to thank you for what we celebrated on last Sunday, and that's the resurrection of your son. Uh, We know, Father God, that without those three days of death and resurrection, that we will not have this opportunity. So we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, dying on the the cross for us. And then we also thank you for reconciliation and healing and raising him from the dead. So we pray these and many other things in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, So tonight is a great night. Sorry for my... Horrible British accent. Um, <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I want to say this. Um, there are times where we think we know everything. Uh, we uh, think um, we are right in whatever we do. But sometimes we just have to sit down and allow God to move. Um, we have to uh, allow God to minister to us in ways that um, we can't even fathom. And in Luke 22, uh, the 41st verse to the 43rd verse, it says, He walked away about a stone's throw, 
and knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. You know, just like I said in the prayer, um, if we hadn't had what happened last week, I mean, last Sunday to take place, if God didn't allow it to take place, then everything we're saying, everything we're doing would be null and void. Um, And I say that because Jesus had to say, Lord, I don't want to do this. It's crazy. You know, it's it's crazy that that Jesus said that. He's like, Lord, I don't want to do this. But you have to take into consideration the context of why Jesus said that. When Jesus became flesh, he took on human emotion. He felt human 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 um thought. I mean he had human thoughts. He had human ideas. And um within that moment his flesh was made weak. Just like in our moments, our flesh is made weak. And I say that because Jesus had to endure those trials and tribulations so we can see the example that he laid before us and not try to yield to those temptations that or, or, or situations that he went through. Because within him becoming flesh, the idea is that Jesus can do it and we're made in God's image and we're alike and we're his brother um, and sister in Christ. Um, there should be Nothing that we can't do. But just like Jesus, there are times in my life where we have to ask God, Lord, not my will, but let your will be done. Sometimes the burden of life can be so overbearing that we um we can't we can't bear the situations that we're faced with. Amen. You know, um, this episode tonight, a lot, I don't know if you guys, and you guys have probably been noticing this, but uh, a lot has been going on in the world. Um, three things in particular that kind of jumped out to me. Um, Aaron Hernandez, a football player, uh, ex-football, an ex-NSL football player for the New England Patriots hangs himself in prison. Um, and the interesting thing about that was um, he had a Bible. They said he had a Bible scripture on his head when he died. Like he, I guess he must have taped it on his head or something. And uh, it was John three sixteen. Um, and uh, there's another tragedy. Uh, a man named Steve. Or Stevie Stevens, the, the Cleveland shooter, he killed an innocent man on Easter Sunday. Um, and then there's, uh, and he does it on Facebook Live. Um, that's why that got so much buzz. He killed, he, walk, he appeared to walk up to this innocent old man, I think he was either in the 70s or 80s, um, and he shoots him on Facebook Live and says, I'm going to kill people until the police catch me or just something of that magnitude. 
and people were on a until he you know uh, killed himself a couple of days later. The police were uh, uh, cornering him in, and um, there's another person a few weeks ago, uh, Cedric Anderson. He killed his wife at a school, and I think a, a child was uh, killed as well in that uh, shooting. Um, and allegedly, he's a pastor. He was a pastor. He did work for the Lord. And those three things stuck out to me. And um, it just reminded me that the safest place for you to be in this world we live in is in the will of God. And there's a lot of Bible scriptures that say what the will of God is and also what the will of God is for your life, but you, that comes by hearing him. God is still speaking. He speaks and he'll speak to you about what he wants you to do. But you have to be in the right position to hear from him. And he'll reveal his word through scripture. It might be a dream. It might be a vision. It might be someone else, uh, another brother and sister. But the safest place to be, is in the will of God. So I just wanted to like, that's going to be like my foundation today. <laughs> um, I just wanted to get that off my chest this, tonight. Um, I, I just think it's, I just think it's important to stay there. That's the safest place we can be. Well, Keith, I think that, you know, um, I totally agree with you. Um, but I also think for our listeners, it's really important that they understand uh, what the will of God is for their life. I think many people will say, you know, I've prayed and I've asked God what his will is. Um, and, and they don't really, maybe some some listeners, we'd love for you guys to call in and, and let us know where you're standing here. But I remember you know, when I, when I started walking with the Lord, and I didn't really understand what that meant. What does it mean to be, you know, in the will of God? And, like, what is his will for my life? So I think it's important for those who may not be really, you know, far along in their walk for us to, to kind of break it down for them and what it means um, being in God's will. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I think it's very important. Um, I just want to throw a, a Bible verse out here. Um, for 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 people that aren't believers or maybe new to the faith, um, Jesus Christ had a will. And like Joe touched on before, um, that was his purpose to come down here was to do the will of God, but it was hard for him to do. Um, and certain points like that one verse we just read, because, you know, he had a, he, he was, uh, what, what's the verse say? You know, it says, remove this cup from me. And the angels came and strengthened him. Jesus was, was suffering in his flesh because he was just like us, but nevertheless, he had to submit to the Father in order to fulfill his purpose in life. And his purpose, his will, he was doing the will of the Father, which is to lay down his life so we can be set free. Um, And I think for anybody that's not a believer, 
or inquiring about who Jesus is. His will is that you put your faith on him and receive the gift of eternal life and follow him. You know, um, God allows us to go through so much in life. God allows us to um, observe and feel and touch and experience the many things that life has to offer, ups to downs. And I say that because throughout this Christian walk, throughout this Christian journey, um, life may be overwhelming, especially in today's world. In, in, in today's um, world. Um, you know, you, you hear a lot of people say it's the end of the world, it's the end times. Uh, and every time I hear someone say that, I ask them what year were they born. And nine times out of ten, they were born either if they're my peers in the, in the 80s, um, late 70s, early 90s. And I said, could you imagine what life would have been like in 1945 if Hitler was alive? There's no way in the world you could have told me back then that the world was going to end, that the world wasn't about to end. You know, Japan was attacking America. Um, the Nazis were taking over Europe. Um, that would seem like the closest to the end times, in my opinion. Um, but we endured. You know, those people that went through concentration camps are still alive here. I mean, and then today to talk about what happened to them all those years ago. Um, and we can get bogged down to, you know, what we see on the news and, you know, once again, things that happen in everyday life. Uh, and it may be overwhel- overwhelming, and it may seem like um, there's no end to whatever situation we're going to going through it, especially if it's a bad situation. And then we in a position where we ask God, Lord, take this cup away from me. I don't need this in my life. I don't want this in my life. If I'm your child, then why am I going through this? If you say that you're the God that you are, why am I enduring? And then if you read the book of James, it says, count it all joy. When you when when you when you do endure trials and tribulations, because when you do go through those situations, what it does is it's supposed to, and 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 you really have to tap into your um, your spirit realm self versus your flesh self. Um, and I say that because when you try to take on that fleshly self then you're in a position where Jesus once again says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. And, you, and, and you know, in that first part of the sentence where, he, where Jesus says, Father, if you are willing. You know, let's take a pause with that. So Jesus is going through a situation where he knows he's about to die. And in that moment, he says, Lord, 
if it's in your will, I don't I don't want to leave. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want this. But I have to ask. Just like Job's situation, no matter what you go through in life, you always need permission from the Father. The devil had to go to God and say, in so many ways, and I know you didn't say this, but we can just use it in, in this context. But he says, if it's in your will, God, can I put harm and trials and tribulations to your servant Job? And God says, yes, as long as you don't kill him. Bounce back to when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he says, Lord, if it's in your will, I don't want to die. So just like a child has to go to their parents for permission to do anything, because that's the thing, you, you, whatever it is in life that you're doing, whatever situation you're faced with, you always have to go to God and ask for permission. And there's so many scriptures in, in, in the Bible that talks about how we just have to ask God for anything. So we have to ask for permission. We have to ask for the things that he, he, we want him to do in our life. We have to ask God. Amen. And, and That's great, that, Joe. And, you know, I think the other – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that we don't – We well, the first step is to ask God. The next step is to listen. And I find that's the hardest part for a lot of us, even seasoned believers, is we'll be like, okay, Lord, what what should I do here? Where where should I go? How should I respond? You know, whatever it is, should I take this job? Or, you know, should I move across country? Or whatever it is. But we sit there in silence for five minutes, and all of a sudden we say, well, he's not talking to us. And so then we, what do we do? We make up our own. <laughs> we make up what what we believe we think God is saying to us. Um, mm. And it's so funny because I think if we go back to the times of, you know, um, you know Elijah, for instance, or Isaiah or Jeremiah. I mean, you know, there were times when 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 they asked God and he didn't speak right away. They had to wait. They had to have patience they had to just sit there and soak in his presence and really really wait on his prompting but they waited with such hunger they were just you know in such such expectation that God was going to come through that he was going to speak to them and for us in this day and age where every every answer we can get is at our fingertips, it's hard for us to be able to just sit and wait on the prompting of the Lord. You know, sometimes it's going to take 20 minutes. Sometimes it's going to take 30 minutes. But if we truly mean not my will but your will be done, then that means that we are going to, to wait. And there's miracles that happen in the waiting. You know, there's sometimes... He doesn't speak to us, and, and it's well, we may think he's not speaking to us, but actually the Holy Spirit's always speaking to us. It's, it's whether, really whether we're 
opening our eyes and ears and minds to him. But the thing is, have you ever asked yourself, do I need to be delivered of something? Maybe I'm not I'm not hearing from him because there's something I need to be delivered from. There's something that needs to come off of my heart or there's something that I've been carrying around that I need to let go so that I can move to that next step. You know, as it says in the word, you know, we go from glory to glory. Well, we can't go from glory to glory when we're carrying weight around. And the Lord asks that we hand over our burdens. We hand over what is weighing us down, anxieties, fears, unforgiveness, whatever it is, and we hand it to him. And he then takes that um, and, and delivers us. And so then we're able to hear him more clearly. And if we're able to hear him and heed heed him more clearly, then we're able to be in his will. Amen. Amen. Um, I I think I think uh that's amazing. Um please if anyone has anything to add if you're listening out here, please give us a call. We're on live right now at five one six three eight seven one four two seven. That's five one six three eight seven one four two seven. Um that's very powerful, Monique. It that that in itself, you know, being quiet and waiting on the Lord is just giving your will over to him. Because I, I touched on those three men um, earlier, and it seemed like maybe each one of them was in a predicament in their life or a time in their life where their will had to be, you know, executed. And... These are all tragedies, but I'm going to be honest and say, sometimes I, I would be honest and say I probably had a thought or two that probably that definitely wasn't in the in the will of the Lord, and it probably would have called harm to myself and someone else. And it's like, think about your actions. Think about what the Lord would have you to do in these situations. Um, and the safest thing you can always do is to rely on his word and hear his voice. And you know the answer probably most of the time uh, if you have something on your heart concerning what his will is for your life. Believing on your son, you know, the Bible says the will of God for us also is to abstain from fornication. It's it's it's, lo, it's a lot of things in the word that says what the what the will of God would be for our life, and you can always rest on that promise instead of trying to figure it out on your own, instead of trying to get justice on your own. God is the ultimate judge. You may seem, if there anybody's listening out there, you might seem as though you've been wronged. You're justified if you just go and do it what you want to do and go do your way and. Your way is right, and it, this is going to be justice, but God says something greater than your justice. So you can never go wrong listening to the will of the Lord through his word and listening to his voices. And if you're a new Christian, get immersed in the word of God. Yeah, um, I do, just like Keith mentioned, um, 
I want to encourage everyone to call in tonight, um, join the discussion. Uh, call in number is 516-387-1427. That's 516-387-1427. Uh, Keith, Keith Edelman, you got to kind of hit on something. Uh, we talked about praying. And uh, it's funny uh, that you guys mentioned that because right before Jesus went to go pray to God to ask him to take this suffering away from him. He told his disciples, he said, pray that you will not give into temptation. Because Jesus knew what was about to happen. He knew that Judas was going to betray him. He knew that um, uh, Peter was going to deny him three times before the rooster crowed. He knew all of these things. So with the foresight and the and the and the spiritual ability for Jesus to foresee things before they even happen, um, he asked his disciples, he asked his friends, I don't even want to say that, he asked his friends, listen, I'm about to go away for a little bit. I got to go pray. But before I pray, I just need you guys to pray that you're not tempted. And I love how the scripture just left it there because think about this. If you was, if you if you guys were your friends and you say, well, all right, I, I'm going to go pray for a second, but before I go pray, I want you to pray that you're not tempted. Now, in today's world, just like Monique said, we have so many distractions. We have so many things that can um, shorten our attention span. If one of, and I'm just speaking on my behalf. If someone, if one of my friends said, I'm going to go away for a second to pray, but I need you to pray so that you're not tempted, I'll say, well, why do you need me to pray so I won't be tempted? Why do you need this? Why do you need that? You don't question what God tells you to do. And Amen. I love, I love how it just left it there when it says, pray that you are not given to temptation, and then his disciples didn't say anything. I, I assume they didn't say anything because they knew who told them that. And um, after Jesus prayed, another thing that kind of says that to me is that um, it says that an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. To me, that says after Jesus went through that moment of realizing what was about to happen, the weight of the that he was about to take on And he realized whoa I don't know if I can do this After he realized that And he asked God Lord if not my will But your will uh, I'm sorry He asked God if it's in your will To let this cup pass for me um, Then God gives him comfort God gives him strength. It's deep when you go through that moment of, I can't do it, Lord, I need your help. Lord, this situation that I'm in is too much. I'm trying to do the best that I can do with what I have. I need you to help me. I need you to move. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Because I feel like I can't bear it. And then in that moment, Jesus will send you a helper. So he's just like he's saying. Amen. That angel to Jesus But here's the beauty of, of all of the culmination of this We don't have to have An angel sent to us Because the Holy Spirit 
ascended down from heaven when Jesus ascended into heaven. Why do we need an angel and we got the Holy Spirit with us at all times? Our priorities are messed up. Our thought process is messed up. Because just like Monique said, it's outside distractions. These 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 the the, the way technology think about uh biblical terms. And once again I'm I'm encouraging everyone to call in tonight, five one six three eight seven one four two seven. Think about it in the biblical terms. <laughs> of course Facebook didn't exist. You know, we didn't have they didn't have the um what we feel is our necessities now, cell phones, computers, television, all these distractions. The only thing they had, and I don't even want to say biblical times. I'll, I'll say two thousand. No, I'll say maybe three hundred years after Jesus' death. The only thing that they had to lean on was the Word of God. That's wait, wait, wait a minute. Let's put a pin in that real quick, Joe. They had distractions now. <laughs> They had a lot of distractions. It probably wasn't technology, but they had a distraction. They had fornication. They had persecution. They had war. They had uh, whoremongers. They had prostitutes. But it was just more open. Um, I don't think it was much law on that stuff. So, I mean, they had distractions. It was just different distractions. Like now, I, I guess. Because the same distractions that you mentioned, we have the same distractions because more. But Yeah, my, no, my, I, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying they were there. You know, you, it, yeah, you know. Okay. It, it, I can see. I can see. Right. But, but I, I, understand your, I understand your point, though. It, it's, you know, we, we, it seems like we have more in our faith, in our home, uh, Wake up out of bed, roll over, look at my phone distraction. Like, in the, in the, it, it's it's really tough to stay, um, like, connected and in tune mentally with the Lord with all these things going on around you. Um, but if you feed into that and give your mind over to those things, um, I think they'll consume you. But that's why we have to, you know, seek the Lord daily and not – Give our mind over to those distractions because they're they're not good ones. You know, distractions will just hinder you from the purpose and the place God has called you to be and go. I agree. Please, please give us a yep. call if y'all if you guys are listening. Chime in five one six three eight seven one four two seven. Joe, what were you about to say? Joe and Monique. Yeah, I, I, I just I just say this real quick. And it's more so of a question, and I'll phrase it as a question rather than a response. So, if, if, if in essence we can say that they pretty much had the same, well, I won't say pretty much, they we have almost the same type of distractions that they had, like you mentioned, the fornication, the the lust, the uh, wars, and all that. We face those today, but what's the difference between their strength? that they had, especially if you go through the apostles after Jesus' death, what's the difference between their strength and their ability 
to tap into the Holy Spirit versus our ability to tap into the Holy Spirit. Because just like in the book of James where it says, Ezekiel was just as human as we were, or that we are, and he prayed that it wouldn't rain for two and a half years, and it didn't. He didn't have the Holy Spirit. We do. I'm sorry, not Ezekiel, Elijah. We, he didn't have the Holy Spirit. We do. Why can't we tap into that same type of spirit that they tapped in, that he tapped into, that the apostles had, um, or even pray as diligently as Elijah did and, and, and still be worried about, I don't know, using for example, uh, my lights are going to get turned on. Or, <laughs> I got to answer that question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my opinion, I think back in the day, the, the Spirit of God was, well, it still is powerful. But the thing is, I think the enemy is oversaturated religion. And people have tried to get it down to a science instead of letting the Holy Spirit lead. And we build these systems and these, and we've come up with these answers and now we have these divisions. I think back in the day they were more grouped together because it was so new. You know, Jesus just ascended and now they had, all they had was each other. They didn't know what was going to happen the next day. They were told to wait for the Holy Spirit and they waited. That was, that's all they had. Once they came down, they started preaching. They didn't know where they were going. You know, the Holy Spirit was leading where they were going. Then it started to grow more and more and more and more and more. And it, it, I think back then you could see the power of God, like, working day by day by day by day because you were in the middle of it. You were, you were in the, like, the muck of the mire. And um, now it seems like it's spread. But it's changed. And, you know, we have to get back to that place of where we're depending solely on the Lord. Um, I think that's the difference between back then and now. They, all they had was depending on the power of God. And we say we depend on the power of God, but, you know, it's a lot like I, I guess we're we're blessed to have the, the holy word and things like that and we're not under strict persecution. But I think at the same time those things probably help them. It's kinda weird. It's like uh being in thrown in the lion's den and seeing what you could really do, you know? Answer me this. What's changed? Did the Holy Spirit change? Or did we change? Uh. <laughs> well, did you have an answer? Or, <laughs> or yeah, are you, a, you know. Well, the Holy Spirit never changes. God exactly. never changes. Exactly. <laughs> God yeah. has always yeah. been, I don't, I don't think so. is, and always will be. <laughs> Amen. I agree. I, I don't think the Holy Spirit is, will change. God does not change. I think the times have changed. I think we've, like I said, I think humans have tried to make make a, a 
like an algorithm or break Christianity or down to a science of where we can manage it instead of letting the Lord have his way. You know, there was no science back in the day. There was no script back in the day. There was no, you know, churches and you come here, you fill out a membership slip and stuff like that and come down. There was none of that stuff. It was just uh, come fellowship. Watch what the power of the Lord can do. Get saved, get converted. You know, it, it was it was that simple. Um, but we've been we've experienced it. Now we're trying to build systems around it, and uh, I think that's a part of the problem. I think the problem is that we think we know more than God does. I think with the uh, addition of Google, uh, of course, Facebook, social media in general, I think that people have gotten, as they would say in the South, too big for their britches. I think um, the word is what it is. And it's black and white, yes or no, there's no gray in between, there's no maybe. And when people aren't fulfilled with what they want to be fulfilled with, they'll go to different avenues to find that fulfillment. Um mm. And as we progress as a society, as the world grows and more people populate the earth, different opinions are thrown about throughout the uh, uh, the world. Um, we get further and further away from the truth. And the thought, and my thought is, is that. During the biblical times and thereafter, um, the truth was more prevalent. Um, mm. I Amen. think that um, the simplicity of having nothing, as in having no distractions such as the television, um, or even to some extent, I, I listen to Sirius XM on a daily basis. So uh, the invention of the radio or the satellite radio, for that matter, um, those dis- type of distractions aren't simplistic. So if all you had, and think about this, you could have been in a village, and in that village there could have been three, 400 people. Out of three, 400 people, that's all you knew. That was the only world that you knew. And say those three, 400 people only believed in the word of God. But the word of God 300, 300 years after Jesus' death was probably the best time, in my opinion, to be a Christian. Because <laughs> oh, no, man. <laughs> but I, I, and, and I say, I only say that because you didn't have, like, if, 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 if I was born, I, I, I don't know what the world would have been like right now. But I think if I was born back then, I could have tapped into a power 
that I probably won't even know exists. Because all I would do is eat, breathe, and try to live the Word of God. In fact, it's a, it's a, it's a. Um, I want to say it's in a town or a village. It's a place in Africa. I forget the name of it. And they try to practice um, the principles of um, the New Testament uh, in a way that predates back to, I want to say, maybe 700 or um, 700, 1300 A.D. Um, and, and, and their thought is that they practice more on, on a giving principle. Uh, but, you know, with the roads and the rituals and the uh, traditions, they try to practice that on a daily basis. They don't have mm-hmm. outside distinctions with, 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 with modern-day technology. And I guarantee you mm-hmm. they tap into a whole other spirit realm that we probably don't even know about. Because we were mm-hmm. about someone's Facebook status. Mm-hmm. Mon- Monique, you have anything to, to add to that? You know, it's funny that we talk about, you know, all these distractions and things, and it's not like it it was back then. But, you know, honestly, I mean, without take away the technology piece of it, I honestly believe that as bad as it is now, it was just as bad back then. All of the stuff going on, (laughs) it was all going on back then, you know. Um, But, you know, this is the thing. With, like you're talking about the phone, the phone always being there and, you know, let's just, you know, you can replace that with anything, that something can always be there as a distraction. But really, exactly. as a society, we are not exercising um, discipline. We're not very disciplined people, and I think that's something that's different about us now versus people back then, is that they did, they had a lot of discipline. I mean, they had to go out and hunt for their food and, you know, all that stuff. And if you weren't up early in the morning to go at a, you know, you have to go at a certain time and be back at a certain time in the evening. So there was a lot more discipline, I believe, back then than what we have now. Many of us, it's very hard for us to exercise discipline. And, you you know, in order to truly be able to follow the will of God, you know, once we've asked, once we've listened, right, and then you kind of test what you heard, right, you want to make sure that was God. But then the, the next thing is having discipline, having discipline that you are going to be following the will of God. And, yeah. you know, really being able to ask the Holy Spirit to con you know, for conviction when we're starting to step outside of his will. Um, Something that I've begun um, sort of of a daily practice is I ask God um, to cleanse my heart and to reveal to me anything 
um, that's in my heart that is not of him. Um, you know, whether it's relationships, whether it's, um, you know, anything that I'm doing, things that I say, ways that I think, uh, you know, certain, certain paradigms, whatever it is, and I ask him to reveal to me what it is so that I can then remove it from from my heart so that I can be holy um, and pure and, and righteous in his sight. And, you know, that's something great to be able to, you know, like I was stating before, there's sometimes things we need to be delivered of or things we need to hand over to God so that we can really hear him and see him really moving in our lives. So, you know, being able to do something like that every day um, is also something that can help us get into the will uh, of the Lord. And and just like you said, um, Keith, you had stated that, um, you know, the will, there God has a lot of will for our life. Um, and it's true, and it's all over in the Bible. And if, and if you're listening saying, well, I don't know where that is, Google, Google God's will, and it can automatically, the first thing that will pop up, 25, 25 scriptures on God's will. Now, there's so much more than that, but, you know, if you think of the character of God, what's the character of God? Well, the character of God is he's good. All things are good. And what does he want for you in your life? What are, what are the desires of God's heart for your life? And you'll find these things in the Bible. So if you're like, well, I'm not at that point, Monique, where I can sit down and ask God and, and soak, and I don't even know what that means. You know, as Keith said, get in the Word. Find out what His will is for you. You'll find it in those pages. You know, He wants His will is for you to, to lay your life down for someone. What does that mean? Does that mean literally you stand in the front of a gun for someone else? It doesn't always look like that. It means maybe you, you, you put off your selfishness to be able to, to help someone else. You know, that's what it can mean. There's so, there's so many different things. Being grateful. Um, you know, his will is for us to, to care for those who are in need, you know, for the poor, for the elderly, for the widows, all of these different things, right? To, to, his will is for us to love everyone, you know, to love the unlovable, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, so many different different things, so many different ways, you know, to, to, to be in his will. Amen. I, uh, I I definitely agree. There's, there's a lot of things in the word of God, and the Holy Spirit will reveal these things to you and grow you. You just have to be sensitive to it. And, and just listen and, and be hungry to learn. Um, going back to the time period portion of the show, um, you know, I, I, I side with Monique. Joe has a different uh, take on it. But it's like um, regardless of what time, it's always going to be sin there. Not unless we lived in the time of the Garden of Eden. Where where everybody was straight for a little bit, but after that everything went down the drain. Um, so I wouldn't rely on any time period because there's always going to be sin, and where there's sin, there's going to be corruption. And um, that's why we look forward to the promise of heaven um, to be with Christ and the Father 
in love where there's no more pain or suffering or crying. All the tears are gone. Um, that's the goal. This is just temporary, but the things of Christ are eternal. Um, I think we're going to get ready to wind it down. Um, I can go first with the closing piece. Um, If anyone's having trouble uh, trusting God for what the will is for their life, or if you're struggling with... uh, having to make a hard decision or trying to do something on your own and you think it's the right thing to do, you feel just in what you're doing, you feel like you deserve what you're about to do, but you know it's going against the will of the Lord for your life, lean on God. Drop it right now and pray. Get in God's face about it. Seek Him about it. I guarantee his will is always going to be better, and his will is the best for your life. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, As you close out, I'll say this. um, I agree with... uh, both of you guys a statement um about aside from technology, nothing um there's nothing that's that different from then and now. You know, as it says in Ecclesiastes there's nothing new under the sun. But um as Monique stated, um the difference is and, and, and this is just my opinion, the difference is is the self control, the self discipline that they had back then. And with that being said, um, when we go back to what the topic of tonight's uh, show was, which is, you know, not my will, but your will be done, Lord, um, I want to encourage everyone to ask God to uh, enact self-discipline and self-control in your life. Uh, the Bible states multiple times that we need self-discipline and self-control. Because without self-discipline and self-control, the enemy has somewhat of a control over our lives uh, because we can give in to our flesh. So if you're single, and some people might think this is graphic, but if you're single and you watch pornography all the time and all you do is masturbate, how is that having self-control? How can God use you as a vessel to spread his word if you're doing those things and not exhibiting self-control? Um, if you are overweight and all you do is eat, 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 how can God use you for a testimony if you or exhibiting self-control if someone is having issues with overeating. Um, Allow God to touch your heart and touch your spirit and ask him, remember it says, ask and you shall receive. Ask him to give you the ability to have self-discipline 
and self-control and asking to show you how to have self-discipline and self-control in the areas where you know you need self-discipline and self-control. If you could have that ability, I guarantee you you can grow more and more um, within the Word of God. Yeah, and I just want to encourage everyone out there who's like, you know, I don't know what God's will is for my life. Um, I want you to know, first of all, that there is a will for your life, and it's good. And what I mean by that is, you know, as Jeremiah 2911 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans for hope and a future, not for disaster. You know, there's a reason why that last part is in there, not for disaster. It's to remind you that the will, that God's will for your life, you know, as you may say, there's so many terrible things going on in my life, you know, I, I don't understand that you need to know that that's not of God because the plans that he has for you are are not for disaster. They're always going to give you hope, and it's always for your future. You know, he's, he's always, always working on your behalf. And, you know, there are things that, that we do, you know, because unfortunately, you know, as it says, we are not to be of this world, but we are here in this world. You know, we're, we are heavenly beings having an earthly experience. And as we are here experiencing the earth, you know, we have our flesh. Our flesh is going to take over at times, but it's constantly getting realigned with God. How do you become realigned with the Lord? It's as simple as speaking to God. It's as simple as opening your Bible up and and reading. Maybe maybe you just need to do something like uh, get a devotional or like I said, Google what's God's will and then look there's you know, look at those twenty five scriptures. Maybe take a scripture a day and read it and then think, okay, today I'm gonna focus on doing his will and what this scripture says and being thankful. I'm going to focus on having a clean, a clean thought life that every time that an unclean thought comes in my mind or, you know, what, whatever kind of unclean thought that is, that you take that thought captive. You say, no, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus and God give me good thoughts. And you just start focusing or, you know, just start saying, Jesus, Jesus, whatever it is, to, to clean your mind, and then, boom, you've done his will. What the next day? The next day, okay, it says God's will is, okay, he wants me to be thankful in all things. God, I thank you so much for this parking spot. I could have parked really, really far. I thank you, God, that I was able to park close up. Lord, I thank you that um, today no one, there, no one expressed road rage on me yet today. You know, whatever it is, you know, being thankful. All right, day number two. Knock that off in his will. And you just, it's all about little steps. And as you take these little steps, it will then continue to get you 
you know, you go from glory to glory. You don't have to take these big, crazy, huge steps. And and those big crazy huge steps, God's gonna God's gonna propel propel you that way. But you just focus on doing one small step at a time. Don't look at it. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. How people are doing on either side of you. You just focus on your journey, your relationship with the Lord. You going deeper with the Lord. Be having more um, intimacy with the Lord. And I will, I guarantee you that what we're talking about, it's going to become so much more evident. And you're going to say, I know exactly what God's will is. And, and God's will for you on a, there's, God has a will for you on a daily basis. Every day he has a will for you. And you have to ask yourself, am I stepping into the will that he has for me today? Or am I stepping outside of it? And you can say, Lord, help me to stay. Help me to stay in the lane of your will today that you have for me. Just one step at a time. I, I love you guys. I, I thank you so much for, for listening in and um, I'm just, I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be praying for you guys. And I really hope some of you really will kind of do that, that day to day focusing um, on his will and staying in his will. Amen. Amen. Um, it's the show, everybody. Uh, please, please check us out on social media. Um, if you have an email, uh, please email us at straighttalkjoe at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, comments, questions, uh, anything. And also, if you're looking for a good Bible study, um, please check out www.walkingaschrist.com. It's a very good Bible study. We covered the New Testament uh, please learn about Jesus Christ. Learn about who he is, who he says he is, his power, his glory. Learn about why everybody uh, who's a so-called believer, a professing believer, uh, worships this God, Jesus Christ, in the flesh. God bless you guys. We love you. Have a good night. Get your hands up. Yeah. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe.